Happy Decaf Friday uh, for the third time that we've been trying this because <laughs> we are having some, I'm having some connectivity issues, but Mark, cheers. Happy Friday Yes. with an energy drink and a cup of coffee, which I feel like is true to our form. <laughs> um, so we've been a little bit busy at the Beacon Center recently. Well, I say we've been busy. Our policy team has been busy. Yeah, um, I do not envy them. In no way do I want to be a researcher or a policy person um, because they have been elbows deep in um, Excel spreadsheets and research for the last God, months. Um, we have two new reports out. One that we talked about last week with conservative budgeting. Everyone say hi to Billy. She's <laughs> just running around in the background. <laughs> um, conservative budgeting has been out for a week now. So has our innovation report. And then we have two other reports that are coming out soon. Student-based budgeting and our pork report. Things are, things are wild over here and it's a great place to be. Mark, what is... Uh, it's kind of weird to like pick a favorite because like picking your favorite child, but what is your favorite among the ones that we are talking about? I mean, I just love the poor report so much. I think that, I mean, you got to give Jason and Ron and, and the whole policy team credit for doing that. But some of those, some of those reports are like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. This is important. Like it's good, but it's like, it's not quite as exciting as the pork report. Let's just say that not That's to great. diminish those reports because they're good, but it's like the pork report is where um, you kind of find these examples of government waste that you didn't know existed. And there's a, there's a, it's a really good report this year. And thank you to our designer, Lauren. We're going to do a cool kind of, I guess I don't want to give away what it's going to look like. Don't give away. <laughs> but Lauren, Lauren has a really cool concept for it. So I'm very excited about this, but you really do have to give Ron and, and Jason credit. Cause I mean, they have been just doing these, I mean, these 10, 12 page reports, like, like it's been three of them pretty much in the past like month and, yes. we're, and we're working on other ones for the new year. So shout out to our policy team. I think that we kind of have, it's, it's hard for us, but they have the hardest job in the world when it comes to doing these things. We just have to kind of publish them and push them out on social media and talk to media about them. But they, they're the ones who do all the hard work on it. They really are. I think I'm excited about the student-based budgeting report. And here's why. I know that it can be a dry subject, but the BEP in Tennessee, which is the formula that calculates school funding, education funding, I have tried. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying this lightly. I've tried to understand it it doesn't make any sense. And yeah. I think that everyone knows that it doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. And so the student-based budgeting is something that we're going to be really focused on this year. Do you hear the dog? Yeah, yeah. So it's something that we're really focused on this year. And, and I'm just excited to see what we have found as a policy team on how to actually deal with this. Yeah. And what's kind of cool about this, I and mean, I think that the Democrats uh, in the legislatures are making it about something that's not, and they keep saying, oh, it's the school choice, whatever. It actually is, it's kind of ir unrelated to school choice completely. Uh, what this is, is this is just about the process by which, how you determine how much money you spend on each child and, and based on, you know, where they live and things like that. And it's just a, uh, the Democrats are making this political issue that it's not really because you're having even these kind of liberal type groups, including SCORE, who kind of agree with the end that, that this needs to be overhauled. So this is not some kind of like crazy, you know, right wing school choice thing. It's, it has nothing to do with that. And, and first of all, we love school choice. It's great. But this is kind of a separate issue. And it's something that um, it, it's something that a lot of the left has gotten on board with, too. So if you see people kind of trashing it and saying, oh, they just want, you know, more money for private schools or vouchers or whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's nonsense. And that's not the point of it. Um, the vouchers or, you know, education savings account, we are for that, but that's a separate issue that, that we are also for. But Justin had a really great response um, in the Tennessee lookout because the, yeah, the Democrats keep trying to tie this in with, oh, they want to take monies out of the public school. It's like, no, that's not at all what this is. Like, this is completely unrelated to your ESA hatred. 
Right. Right. And I, it's easy. And when I see things like that, it makes me mad. Mark and I both went through that this week. We had to like take a deep breath and count to 10 because it makes us mad. But it's also, it shows how little people know about what we're talking about when they try to make it about something that's completely not. It's clear that people are grasping at a reason to hate this, at a reason to be critical of it. And there's just not one. So, um, and, and, and you have to kind of, and it's amazing how far some people want to go. Like basically you had um, the Tennessee Holler reposting something comparing Justin to a white supremacist because he's for school choice. Like it's, it's just insanity. And we, I mean, we talked about this so often, but it's like, at some point you have to move past the personal attacks and you just have to talk about policy. And it's not just one side or the other, but it's like the, the, school choice is a really important topic. And, and you're really just not doing justice to these kids who, you know, don't have the education they deserve and are, are kind of in this cycle of poverty. And a lot of it's because of their education. You can disagree on what the outcome is, or, you know, they might say, oh, we just need to keep putting more money into the public schools, but have a real discussion about it. But by comparing somebody essentially to a, a white supremacist of, of um, education, by saying like, the, the, comparing them to the people in Charlottesville, it's just, it's just not helpful for the discussion. And we should have real discussions. And the fact is that the people who want choice the most are kind of those that are impoverished, those who are in the low levels of income and and a lot of you know um minority populations so i i do think it's a we need to have this discussion and stop just because you know you're you believe whatever the teacher's union says 100 percent, and that's all that you that you listen to like let's have a real discussion because i think that when you talk about this it's a lot easier for people to see our side maybe they do see our side they just don't want to they don't want to acknowledge it but it seems like especially with this election in virginia that educational choice is a huge it, it's it's kind of on the move right now and it's a big big issue across the country because of some of the crazy stuff school boards have done and some of these local schools shutting down but uh that's an important topic BEPs also it's it's separate but it's really important too and Tennessee has this like you said this crazy BEP that when Taylor says she can't understand it what she means is that no one can understand it. it's not even just her it's like these people who are have PhDs in, in, in policy don't understand it so kudos to, to our team for doing that and I kind of went off on two different rails but school choice is important and re reforming the BEP also important yeah there's so much that's important <laughs> and we're going to talk about all of it <laughs> I love that no that that all needed to be said um and I appreciate that um something else that needed to be said was on Friday Justin basically said, go on with your bad self to Tennessee officials, including the attorney general, who are standing up to the vaccine mandate on the federal level. And honestly, it has been blowing up. My email inbox has been blowing up. Our Facebook comments have been blowing up. People are like, yes, let's get in there. Let's do something. So Mark, backstory of what happened. And then I can kind of weigh in on the reaction. Yeah, so so um, I, I'm sure you saw the news that the Biden administration essentially said private businesses with more than 100 people had to either, um, they basically had to fire people who are not vaccinated or force them to get a weekly test that's at the cost of the empl employee to show that they, they don't have COVID. Um, so this is something that, I mean, outside of wh where we are in vaccines, I know that personally, me, you, Justin, we're all vaccinated. It's not like we're, I mean, we're, we're for vaccines, but we're not for the federal government in saying that you have to do that, and especially telling private businesses that you have to do it. It's way outside of the scope of what they can do constitutionally. Um, so Justin wrote this great blog post kind of saying, explaining why this is just, uh, the federal government has no right to do this and they don't even, they're not even allowed to do this. And so that the, the AG um, from Tennessee, Slater, he 
filed suit against the federal government saying he was one of the, I think, I don't remember how many states it was. It might be up to like 18 states now, but saying you can't enforce this. This is unconstitutional. We are suing you. And Justin kind of said like, hey, Beacon's behind you. We're going to offer the legal ammunition you need for it. So it, it was kind of an exciting thing, especially because I think it, it's a really clear example. And I mean, I'll hear, I want to hear what you have to say, but it's a clear example of just like the federal government getting, doing something they absolutely shouldn't. No matter what you think of the vaccine, whether you're for it, against it, no matter what you think, this is the federal government completely overreaching to an extent that's that's completely unacceptable. And it's going to force people to be fired. Uh, it's going to force businesses who don't want to fire people to have to do that. It's it just, it, it's not, it's the government getting involved in business in this in the way that we always say they shouldn't. I'm going to read directly from Justin's blog post. He said, Ronald Reagan once said the closest thing to eternal life on earth is a government program. And this is the part that I love. If we don't stand up to this egregious overreach, it will set a dangerous precedent for the federal government to intrude into our workplaces and our lives for years to come. Okay, that is the long and short of, and I think that that is why, not to like go back to millennials and why millennials don't understand sometimes like our take on these things but when people say oh I would rather pay taxes so the government can fix something or I would rather just pay my taxes and let the government fix it and we don't have to worry about it anymore that is such a dangerous take and that's why people don't really I think that a big separation between me and a lot of my friends as far as what we think is the one side of thinking that's well the government should take care of it and my side of thinking which is well nonprofits or businesses or other entities that are not the government should take care of these kind of social services is because once the government gets involved it's like a cycle of well, we, we saw a need and now we have to make ourselves valuable and we have to, we can, once we get in a little bit, we'll get in a little more and we'll get in a little more and we'll get in a little more to ultimately we're controlling your lives. That is so, such a dangerous approach. And I'm seeing it again in this vaccine thing, rather than individual responsibility, these mandates, these, these being told that you have to do this and the government's looking out for you and they have your best interest in mind. And the more and more we start to think that the more and more the government will take. Um, if we give a little, they'll take a lot. And so it's just the mindset of who does it best? Do we do it best or does Big Brother do it best? And um, I just think that individual responsibility comes before anything else. And if you agree, let me hear an amen, Mark. Oh, amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, it's like... I think that you're hundred percent right on that. And that's kind of a, something that that's important. But when we talk to people on the left, like this is one thing I want to talk about with this. It's like, just because you think the end game is good, right? If you think, oh, everyone should be vaccinated. It's yeah. how do we get there? And would you be okay if somebody on the other side did that? Right. What, what what if Trump said, you know, I think that uh, abortion is, is a national emergency and we need to ban it. Like I, I'm going to file an executive order through OSHA banning. They would be they would be crazy up in arms and say, oh, that's unconstitutional. You can't do that. But when they like something like that, same thing with immigration, when they're like, oh, yeah, like the, the dreamers are allowed to say it's like. But then when Trump stops it, you're mad if you don't like imagine the opposite of, of what that. So imagine if the federal government said that. that that there's no employer in the world that can ask for a vaccine. They can't do that. People what would, would you lose their mind. I know, and, and you need to think that way when you're when you're trying to think through whether, not whether or not you think it's a good idea or not. I mean, because you think, think about all the executive orders that, that Obama had. 
right? Think about the executive orders that Trump had that they went nuts about. It's like, you can't have it both ways. Either the government should do this or they shouldn't. It doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. And this is, to me, is something the government clearly shouldn't do, even if we all, you know, it'd be great if everyone's vaccinated, but it doesn't matter. That's not the government's job. It's it's so, this, Mark, you have just really hit a nerve. This is what happens when you don't have principles and you just yep. go with what makes you feel good or what makes you happy. If you don't have principles, you'll, if you don't believe in something, you will fall for anything. We have been hearing that since we were children. Yeah. Like that is something that parents tell children. If you don't believe in something, you will fall for anything. And now we've got adults, grown adults who are just like, well, I like this. And so I'm just going to think, I'm just going to say it's a good idea and give them a- I like a, how they have a Southern accent, the, the, the adult you're talking about. <laughs> I always do this. I don't know why. <laughs> I always like put on a voice whenever I'm like upset with somebody, but it's like you give them a blank check to do whatever they want even though it's so blatantly like lacking in any type of principle. And I just, that really, man, that strikes in our money to stop before I start saying ugly words and Justin gets mad. No, that's good. And, and like we keep, I heard for four years how Trump's a fascist, which of course nobody understands what that word means. And they just use it forever. <laughs> and Biden's not a fascist either, but like you can't say somebody's a fascist and be like, oh yeah, but I'm also for this policy where kind of this, this <laughs> overruling government is doing this thing that we have no say in. It's like people don't understand authoritarian. They don't understand the term fascist and they call everyone they don't like that. But like, this is just a great example. And look, People on the right need to think about this too, because people praised, you know, some of Trump's executive orders when they said, oh, Obama shouldn't be able to do this. So just try to, and I mean, I'm personally, I think we talked about this and I'm not, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional person. This is a personal opinion, but like, I don't even understand. I don't, I don't really think executive orders should even be a thing. That's my opinion. I don't think that one person should have the ability to just put in whatever they want. I know that there is some, you know, constitutional rules and Biden may have gone over this with this OSHA ruling, um, but I just don't believe, and I know there's probably a reason for it that I'm not aware of in history, but I don't believe at this point in time, there should even be allowed to be executive orders. I think it should have to go through Congress. You know me, I will blame anything that I don't like on the bureaucracy. I, if if something happens, I don't like it, even if it's just like, even if I'm doing it for the sake of comedy. Oh, Alabama lost. Oh, I, I hate the government. I hate the bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how some people will blame the patriarchy. I blame the bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, there you um, go. I just like always do that, even if it's comedy. Usually it fits because usually the bureaucracy is responsible for a lot of the things that I absolutely hate. But I'm I'm big on blaming the bureaucracy. But I actually agree with you. I think it's... It's a load of crap that- Well, it's, it's, it's checks and balances. Head. That's what our whole system is, is checks and balances. It's not bureaucracy in this case. It's like that one person, we're not in a, you know, a monarchy. We're not a place where somebody right. should decide everything. And of course, this is not, this is just a personal opinion. I, I don't know any of the legal stuff. I'm sure there's a reason for it at some point. But right now, every, I think every, I just don't agree with this idea that that one person, you know, who wins 50% of the vote can do all these things that are really important. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. With the stroke of a pen, you can yep. enable this massive U.S. bureaucratic structure to decree change on people's lives. It it feels so wrong. Yeah, because A, people were mad at Trump or, or were mad at the Democrats. They voted for Trump. So should he be able to do it? And then people were mad at Trump. So they voted for a Democrat. Like, just because you feel one way, basically one day in November, like, doesn't mean that person should have all the power to do whatever they want. But that, that just... That's just a personal opinion. I, don't, I haven't looked anything up. I just don't like the idea that ex executive, especially that executive orders have seemingly become so much more frequent over the past probably 20 years. Yes, exactly. I If you look at executive orders based on presidents, it is it will make you want to throw up. It is actually so sickening to think that one person with the stroke of a pen can dictate how our lives operate and run. It's absolutely disgusting. So anyway. Right, if you're going to agree, so that's cool.
<laughs> I, oh, I totally, yeah. you know me, I'm just like small government to the point of like, pay for my roads and get out of my life. Like I can't, I'm like that small, of a, I'm that much of a small government person. But not, not with the infrastructure plan that only pays for roads, like 10% of the money. Just, just yes. pay for the- <laughs> like actually pay for yeah, the yeah. freaking roads and then get out of my life. Like yes. that's, that's kind of what I think the role of government is. Um, speaking of just like crappy government policy that infects all of our lives, inflation is up it has hit a 31 year high and if you don't if you haven't realized it yet then you're not as much of an online shopper as I am (laughs) I have seen things I literally I can't even and I'm not going to say what it was because my family listens to this podcast but I was getting something I'm already buying Christmas gifts because the supply chain is so freaked up right now that I'm just buying Christmas gifts now because I'm not waiting till December when everything is an absolute disaster and everything is sold out. I was buying something for my sister that I already have. And I know how much it was when I bought it last year. And it has gone up $20 since last year. Like, that's insane. And, and there are all these like little websites that I'm going on have notes that say the cost of our supplies has gone up. Sorry for the cost. Like, this is, this is actually, it is a nightmare season to try to buy Christmas gifts. It's a nightmare season to try to do home repairs. It is a nightmare to try to do anything because inflation is just going off the charts. The one good thing that we can find out is that um, the Democrats are wrong when they say that, you know, businesses don't pass down the cost to consumers. This is literally the example of how they pay. But I mean, that's that's all they always said. Like, oh, no, no, we can raise taxes. They won't pass down the consumer. Like, that's not the way it works. Like, that's exactly how it works. And this is how we see it. Should I do a Twitter series of things that I've bought for myself that my sister has then liked and asked me to buy for her. And I'll put the receipts side by side, screenshots of the receipts side by side and show you how the businesses don't pass down the cost to consumers. Cause that's, I mean, that is, I think that's one of the more insane things that the left kind of goes on when they talk about raising taxes on, on, you know, businesses and people with money, but either way, yeah, the inflation thing is, is it's becoming a real problem. And it's, it's hard because we don't necessarily notice it on normal things in our lives on an everyday basis. You're like, oh yeah, milk is, you know, 270. It was 239. It's like that 21 cents doesn't necessarily hit you. But like you said, when you have big purchases, you notice it with gas, you notice it. With um, gas? Oh because my it's, God. you remember exactly what that number was, but it's, I don't think people understand how big of a deal it is. And there's a great post today. It's like, unless, unless you're, um, I just saw something right before we got on this thing, unless your salary went up 6.2% this year that you, you got, you got a pay cut. Yes. It, that is, wait, wait, say that louder for the people in the back. Say yeah, it one Unless more time. you got a 6.2% raise this year, you got it. You took a pay cut from work. That's like the realest thing I have ever heard. And also gas right now. So I joined, I got a Sam's club membership because gas is just cheaper and I live super close to Sam's club. And I have been watching the gas prices go up. I remember in 2008, I went to a youth leadership conference. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. In 2008, I went to a youth leadership conference. They had us write letters to ourselves that they would then send in 10 years. And for some reason I wrote on my letter, gas is 375. Oh, good. That's cool to know. I, I just wrote it. I don't know why I did that, but I was like, yeah, there's a thing called the internet now. You don't have to write that down, but okay. Well, I didn't know. I mean, it was 2008. I had no idea. So when I got the letter in 2018, gas was like a dollar 50, like gas was so cheap. And I remember looking at that and thinking like, 
wow, this is like kind of insane how things have changed in 10 years. And now only two years late, three years later, we're back to really expensive, ridiculously high gas. It's $2 more than it was when I got the letter from 10 years ago. It's so upsetting. Even Sam's club. I'm like, man, y'all used to really be, y'all used to really be cutting deals for a girl. And just they like can't, they can't lose money. money. Yeah. And it's uh, the whole inflation thing. And, I, you know, I'm not an economist. I don't quite understand who's to blame for this. But mm-hmm. I can tell you one thing outside of I don't know who's to blame. But I do know that this, you know, these infrastructure deals is every time we spend this much money, it's going to make it worse because we're obviously devaluing our money by doing that. And we're going to make inflation substantially worse. And, you know, the White House certainly owes an apology to Larry Summers, who was we, we actually talked about this, what, maybe a year ago that said, listen, inflation is going to be a problem. And it kind of went from the Biden administration saying like, oh, inflation's not a problem. It's not a big deal too. Oh, it's short term. And then it's like, now it's like, oh, infl- like I saw some MSNBC inflation is actually a good thing. It's like, it, they're just going like, it, it's insane. And as much as it might not be, you know, President Biden's fault, I don't know. I actually don't know exactly how that works. It's like, he's going to take the blame for it. And I think they already took the blame for it at the ballot box a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if things don't turn around in a year, um, you know, I think that it's not going to be good for the Democrats running for Senate because this is a real problem. And the more it goes up, people without money are the ones who probably see it more. You know, the people who are saying like, oh man, I only have, whatever, $400 a month for groceries and all this stuff. And they're the ones who see that, oh, that 60 cents, like, oh, that that really affects me. Also, the supply chain issues are absolutely ruining my Whole Foods experience. I went in Whole Foods the other night just to get a bottle of water before I went. To, no, I literally went in because I was at Green Hills. I was going to see a movie and I just wanted a bottle of water because the movie theater charges like $3 for a bottle of crappy water. So I just went in Whole Foods. The shelves were like empty in the drink section. Like I've never seen it like that before. Even their cheapest water was completely sold out. It's, it's shocking. I actually had a friend call me. How how much the Green Hills movie theater charges? Everyone's going there beforehand and and getting their water. (laughs) I know probably, probably that also. But um, I had a friend call me last night and he was in the grocery store and he was like, have you been to a grocery store recently? And I was like, funny you should say that yes I went Monday night before I went to the movie theater and he was like I have never like aside from a snowstorm a hurricane or right before COVID I've never seen the shelves looking like this like this is a serious serious issue that we're up against right at the holidays and I don't know what's what it's going to take to fix it maybe some sensible economic policy um I don't think that we can count on that but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do. I have seen enough people say, look, it's easy to blame, you know, Biden and the Democrats for it. It's not really, it's not mostly their fault. I think the supply chain issues were partially because of local Democrats shutting down, like w- with yes. the COVID shutdowns. I think it, yes. it, 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 they are responsible for them, potentially some Republicans too. But like, the point is, how are we getting out of this now? It's not really how we got into it. A lot of it is just, but it's like, okay, well, first of all, the it seems like don't pass a, you know, don't try to pass another $2 trillion bill because that is only going to hurt everything. It's just, you need people with some common sense Shut and they can keep doing this, but they're, they're going to pay for it. And of course we're going to pay for it as a country. But you know, if, if I was a Democrat and I'd be like, okay, we need to step back. We have all these other issues. Is this, this, is this something we absolutely need to pass now? Maybe just pass, if you want to, just the 10% of it that actually goes to infrastructure and then get rid of the second bill and then the other 90% of the first bill. Yeah, um, it, it seems like they're, it, it might not be, I, I don't know whose fault it is that we're here, but it, if it continues to go on because of this, that is going to be their fault. They're the ones who passed the bill. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, like I said, we need some sensible economic policy. I don't count on, and I'm just going to say this, I don't count on Democrats to deliver that. 
And um, I'm uh, unfortunately, those of us who are just like solidly middle class, like I'm just like straight up middle class, we're going to be bearing the brunt of a lot of this. And it it's going to be a it's going to be a sucky season until people realize that what they're doing is not working. Um, and these policies are not cute and they're not sweet and they're not fun. Um, last thing I'll say today, and Mark, I know you don't care, but there's a lot of things that you talk about, honestly, that I don't care about. And so it's my turn. <laughs> it's my I, turn. I said you could talk about it. I don't care. It's my turn. Last night at 11 PM, my world changed. Here's how. Taylor Swift, a few years ago, had her catalog, had her all of her masters bought by a mean man. And it- Oh, stop. No, this is, okay. This is already so biased. Okay, this is- No, it is biased. No, I'm, no, it is very- Oh, gosh. Oh, I love capitalism until I don't. That's what it sounds like from you right now. You don't like that, that somebody legally bought something that was for sale. No, I think he can totally do it. I'm just saying he's a he's mean not man. mean for trying to make money for buying a, a catalog. What, what's Scooter Braun? That's his name. Yeah, he's just a mean man. I think he's I, don't, I, I think he's a lot of people are defending him. I think the Taylor Swift's the mean one, but whatever. Well, I'm Team She's Taylor. Rude. Anyway, She's- this is my story. A mean man bought Taylor Swift's masters, and she capitalism, baby. You gotta, you gotta, you can buy what's for sale. But she has reacted in a capitalistic way, which is not fighting it, but making an even better product for her fans. And she came out with her version, her new version of Red, which is my favorite Taylor Swift album, came out at 11 o'clock last night. By 11.01, I had already purchased it on iTunes Music and was downloading it and also listening to it on Spotify because we got to give her those streams, baby. And I was sitting at the kitchen table just really, just really processing it all. And I have to say that last night between the hour of 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock was maybe the best hour of my life. And that's not being dramatic. So I know. The song that came out. You've already heard all these songs. Like, no. why is it that exciting? No, because she had some songs from the vault that no one had ever heard before. Okay, from so the- there was new songs on it. There were new songs on there and there was a 10 minute version of my favorite song all too well. And all I'm saying is if you've never been a Swifty before, just give it a chance. I'm just going to make my plea and then I'm going to step away. If you've never been a Swifty before, give this one a chance. It might be better to present this in a less biased way, but (laughs) listen, I, I have no shame. I know I'm biased. I know that I don't like Scooter Braun. I know that I've not heard a bad thing about him except from her. And it's not like obviously she's had some issues. Some people seem to like him. It's like he obviously did something that he thought was a good deal. And like he was like, I'm not trying to hurt. Like I just want and, and he sold them already, right? Yeah, he's he he's really covering his tracks, but I think he's just a mean man. And listen, I don't say that I'm not being principled. I do believe in capitalism. You can buy something that's for sale. And listen, we love a horse race, we love competition. She's just re-recording. Her oh no, no, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in capitalism. If she had fought it and whined and sued and done all this stuff, I would be like, She hey, did girl. fight him and she really tried to drag his name through the media. Like she was really awful with him and, and like literally just said horrible things about him for weeks because she was unhappy with the, like, like just deal with it. It was for sale. You don't like the people who own the music sold it to him. My personal take is that he's a turd and that she <laughs> that she can re-record and own her music and then release more that's even better. And well, I agree I, the second point, but not the first point. <laughs> okay, well, I'm here for it. It was incredible. I had some other friends come out with music last night. One of my friends released a Christmas song, his version of I'll Be Home for Christmas. And after listening to all of Taylor Swift, I was emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally not prepared for a really sweet version of a Christmas song. Um, 
but I don't know, Mark, do you love New Music Friday or is it just like lost on you? Like, are you no, just I don't care. fast? Um, I think we should talk about Christmas songs next week, though. Like our favorite, because I think I'll be over Christmas is one of the most over. I don't like that song at all for Christmas. No, I like it. Let's talk about no. it right now. I got it. I can't wait. No, no, no. We, no, come on. We've already taken up too much time. Let's talk. Let's rank our Christmas songs next week. Because I okay, have like next two week or we'll three that I think are really good. And between now and then, everyone who's listening to this, at least go listen to the 10 minute version of All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Today's the best day of my life. Okay. <laughs> And uh, on that note, I'm going to mic drop on Taylor Swift. Mark hates it. And listen, sometimes you just got to give me the reins and let me talk about what I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, okay, bye. Call to action. Read the reports. Um, read Justin's blog post. Listen to Taylor Swift. Peace and blessings. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>